Welcome back to the Vine Church podcast. Today, we will be continuing our devotional series, The Gospel According to Zechariah. If you haven't already, you can find us on YouTube at the Vine Church Heart, and we'd love to have you join us over there. Good morning to you. I hope you're well today. A um, bit rainy here in the UK, uh, but uh, nevertheless, uh, yeah, hope you all have a great day today. We're going to take a look in Zechariah chapter one and uh, looking at verse uh, seven onwards before we do read a few verses, just to remind you that um, in verses one to six of Zechariah, we get a, an introduction to the book uh, from the prophet Zechariah. And the key message there is return to the Lord and he will return to you. After 70 years of exile, they're back in the land. They've started to build, but then they've stopped. They've been discouraged. Haggai starts to preach. Uh, and then a couple of months later, Zechariah, the young man, turns up on the scene and begins to speak and initially says, return to me and I will return to you. Then verse seven onwards for the next sort of six chapters, what we get is eight visions that Zechariah has. And it's quite amusing, really, because it seems as if he has these visions all in one night. So I don't know if you've ever had a sleepless night or not, but here's Zechariah. And he has these visions where he's awake. He's not dreaming. He's awake. And he kept kept, kept being uh, looked up and sees again another vision and then another vision and then another vision. He has these eight visions, which we get reported here. They're kind of apocalyptic language, which I'll explain a little bit more in a minute. Well, I'll explain it now, if you like. Okay, so apocalyptic, what we're talking about here is an unveiling, using picture language to unveil what's really going on behind the scenes. So you can see what appears to be happening in the natural world. You can look at the politics, you can watch the news. But here, there's an unveiling. He sees what's really going on behind the scenes, uh, what God is actually doing and what is truly happening. And apocalyptic language here we find with Zechariah is very graphic. It's very colourful. It's very dramatic. It draws you in. You become a participant in the picture. I found myself doing this over these last couple of days. I hope you do too as you read Zechariah, that you find God speaks in a different kind of way. He ignites our imagination. He sparks vision for us. It was so important that the people here who were feeling discouraged had vision for what the future was going to look like. We need to have vision. If we're ever going to get anything done in our workplaces, in our homes, in our church, we need to have a vision of what that's going to look like. And, and Zechariah is getting a vision here in these beautiful paintings, these tapestries that he sees that sort of complement each other, but say something slightly different as well. And now we're going to see the first of those visions. But firstly, let me read something from a commentator I like called Phillips. And he talks about apocalyptic visions. They contrast to prophetic words. You have apocalyptic, which is visions 
uh, with pictures and then there's prophetic words and there's a difference between the two. And he says apocalyptic visions present a heavenly perspective on earthly events and reveal the sovereignty of God to an oppressed people. The contrast between the prophetic word and the apocalyptic vision may be generalized in these terms. Whereas the prophetic word calls a sinful people to repentance, apocalyptic visions call a downtrodden people to hope and belief and, and believe God. God sent his prophetic word to afflict the comfortable, but he gives visions of hope to comfort the afflicted. That's really helpful, isn't it? And that's exactly what God is doing here for Zechariah and the people who are feeling um, afflicted and things are not going well for them. And there is this word of comfort, kind and comforting words that are given. Now, the picture we have, the first vision is this. And let's just read part of it in verse seven. Uh, on the 24th day of the 11th month, uh, in the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came to the prophet Zechariah, son of Berechiah, the son of Ido. So we need to notice, by the way, before we read on, that Darius is named as the sovereign at this point. Now, that's not unusual. All the prophets in the Old Testament dated their prophecies with reference to a king. But all the other prophets, apart from Haggai and Zechariah, date their prophecies with reference to an Israelite uh, or Ju Ju a king of Judah, one of God's kings. Whereas here, only here and only in Haggai, they're referenced with reference to a pagan king, the Persian emperor Darius, who has recently taken over from Cambyses, who had committed suicide, having taken over uh, from Cyrus before that. And um, Darius is on the throne and he has quelled riots and he is in control and everything is peaceful across the empire. And um, it's sad to see that Zechariah has to reference that there, there's no um, king of Israel. There's no there, there, there's no king of Israel in place. Uh, the pagans are in control. This powerful Persian ruler is in control of our destiny. So it seems except that the vision goes on to tell us more. During the night, I had a vision, and there before me was a ram riding a red horse. He was standing among the myrtle trees in a ravine. Behind him were red, brown, and white horses. I asked, what are these, my lord? The angel who was talking with me answered, I will show you what they are. Then the man standing among the myrtle trees explained they are the ones of the Lord, the ones the Lord has sent to go throughout the earth. And they reported to the angel of the Lord who was standing among the myrtle trees. We have gone throughout the earth and found the whole world at peace and at rest. So what we have here, let's just get this picture in our heads. We have a man who is um, on a red horse. He's a messenger of the Lord, an angel of the Lord. And there are actually two angels in this scene. There is the interpreting angel who constantly is there with Zechariah throughout the visions, giving him interpretations of what he's seeing, the interpreting angel. And then there is this other messenger of the Lord, this angel of the Lord, 
who seems to have divine qualities about them. And I am persuaded, and uh, almost all the commentators would say this, that this is a pre-incarnate uh, uh, appearance of Christ. This is the Lord. This is Jesus. Uh, as he appeared to Moses, uh, Abraham, Joshua, other times, this theophany, this appearance of Jesus before the incarnation, showing that he's active in the world, even before he came into the world as a man. This this is Christ standing here and um, he is there amongst the myrtle trees. So these myrtle trees are evergreen bushes with fragrant little white flowers. Esther was actually called Myrtle in Hebrew. That was her name. And the myrtle tree was a picture of uh, flourishing and of uh, prosperity and of, of, of God, the garden of God. And in Isaiah 55, we get the word there that the briars will be turned to myrtles. God is going to bring out of the wilderness new life and new hope, these myrtle trees. But the position that they're in is in a deep ravine. It's in this deep ravine. And I think that this is telling us that this is showing us that here we have Jesus Christ standing. There is future hope. But actually, right now, we're in a deep ravine. We're in a place of darkness. We're in a place of chaos, a place of foreboding, a place that is deep and dark. It's this deep ravine. And that is where the angel then reports. And he says uh, to uh, Zechariah that there's these four horses that have gone out and they are the messengers of the Lord. They're like the motorbike riders or the uh, the, the drones that, that have gone out across the earth. You see, because what we're seeing here is that the Lord is with us in the deep, dark ravines and he knows everything. He is omniscient. He's got his messengers ranging across the earth who can see everything. They are uh, speedily flying around the earth and they're coming back and reporting to him so that he knows everything that is happening everywhere at all times. He is sovereign. Darius is not sovereign and in control, but God is. The Lord is in control. He is omniscient. This fledgling community of Christians, of, of believers here who are back in the land, who are feeling discouraged, who are feeling dismayed, who want to give up on the work. And yet there is this picture here. God is with us. Emmanuel, God with us. Christ is standing amongst us and he knows everything and he sees everything and he's in control of everything and he's working everything out for his good for his purposes whilst the world appears to be at peace it says here actually uh, and the people of God feel like they're in turmoil God is going to shake the nations as Haggai tells them there's going to be a shaking but God is going to come through for his people he's going to fulfill his purposes for his people and I've slightly run out of time I'm getting excited I'm just going to read one quote to you from Sinclair Ferguson who says this, the most important thing for God to show you is not how good things uh, are going to happen to you, but for you to see that all God's plans are good and to ask yourself, 
how am I going to fit into his good plans? And so let's be encouraged. God knows what's going on in our world right now. He is shaking things up, but he is working for good and we can trust him. So let us pray together. Lord, we thank you for this amazing vision. We pray that it would settle with us and live with us and draw us in to the truths that you are sovereign and in control and that we would see that as we go through our day. We ask in Jesus name. Amen.